Hello, friends, and happy Thursday, and welcome to today's episode of Enough for Today for June the 2nd, and June is off and running, and we're going to take one step back. Now, I said yesterday we finished Psalm 49, but I had one more thought out of this psalm. We didn't spend much time on verse 20, and I spent some time thinking about it, and I wanted to share one more thought with you out of it, because I mentioned yesterday, I said, it seems like this psalm kind of lands as a downer, but it doesn't really. And uh, I want to point that out to you very briefly today. Um, So the the whole psalm we've been studying is really God's secret to to not living stupidly, okay? Um, If you want to know where I get that title, verses 1 through 5, basically the psalmist says, I'm going to tell you a secret. Um, Verses 6 through 14, he basically says, people that live for money are living for folly. Their way is folly. And the word folly means stupid. So verses 9 through 14, he really unfolds what it means to live um, in a foolish way, okay, in folly. And that is to trust money, to trust wealth, because that trust is misplaced. It's going to fall apart. It's going to leave me destitute. It cannot ransom or redeem my soul. It cannot really give me eternal hope. And uh, it'll all be consumed myself and my wealth in the grave. So verse 40, verse 15 gives us the alternative to that stupid life. God will redeem my soul. Well, who is my? My is the author of the psalm who has placed his trust in the Lord, not in riches. So here's the counter, here's the alternative life. Uh, Not trusting riches, but trusting God, trusting Jesus. God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. Again, we talked about what it means to be received um, by God and favored by God, saved essentially, and the grace that's offered through Jesus alone. Then verses 16, 17, and 18 talk about the, uh, I don't need to be afraid. I can live confidently, be, be thou not afraid. When one is made rich, glory increases. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul. And men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall not go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. And then the psalm ends with this idea. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beasts that perish. Now, in big picture... The, the theological concept here is if I don't understand the gospel, then I'm going to perish and there is real no, no real life or hope for me. Uh, and I'm like a beast, okay, which sounds hopeless. Um, but understanding, understanding the gospel and understanding the nature of earthly honor. And this is what I want to drill into for a minute, okay? Man that is in honor and understandeth not. The person that puts too much weight or too much value on earthly honors, whether that's um, promotion or elevation from others, whether that's advancement of your career, success, achievements, temporary metrics for uh, who we are, what we are, how we are compared to others. Man that is in honor and understandeth not. So here's the deadly combination. The deadly combination is to be the recipient of honor, but not to rightly appropriate that honor with an understanding of who I really am and who God is 
and what is really of value in this life and what is not. You notice the the scripture does not here really talk uh, negatively or speak negatively. There's nothing sinful about being honored or about being um, successful in the world's eyes. That That in itself is not sinful. It is to trust in this. It is to idolize this. It is to set your affection on this rather than the redemption that you have in Jesus, rather than the eternal value of your soul. So it's honor that's partnered. It's it's honor that's partnered with a lack of understanding. And here's one of the um, applications to me, and that is that the honor of, of earth, the honor of men, whether that's you know, a work achievement, whether that's an education or academic achievement, it is, it's man-made, it's short-lived, it is just not the essence of who you are, whether you're honored or dishonored. Earthly honor is not the essence of who you are. And if you, if you do not understand that, it's really going to trip you up. But if you do understand that, then the honor you most seek, the honor you most go after is the honor of knowing God, being redeemed, and being received by him. And once you know you have the honor of heaven, you, first of all, stop living so much for the honors of earth. And secondly, you turn that around and you are motivated in your heart to live to the honor of God because you know you are the recipient of his grace, his honor, his mercy, his, his respect and value of you. And you can never deserve that. And so that's a humbling reality. And yet it is a lifting, it is an elevating reality. I'm humbled in that I know I never deserve it, but I'm elevated and raised up by God because he truly delights in me. He truly sets his honor and favor upon me and you as his redeemed children. And so that motivates us to say, well, I want to honor that. Uh, I'm thinking of the story in 1 Samuel Um, with the priest Eli, who would not honor God by disciplining his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They were dishonoring God in the tabernacle. They were uh, fornicating. They were oppressing people. They were improperly partaking of offerings. It It was a bad thing. And Eli would not restrain them. And God said, I will, I cannot honor that. I cannot bless and favor this man who's supposed to represent me on earth um, when he's dishonoring, when his children are dishonoring, and he, he will not honor me. And God makes an important statement there. Them that honor me will I honor. Now, I don't want you to, to take this to the point that it's, again, simply a behavior-based relationship that we have with God because God freely gives us all of his love and grace in Jesus. But there is this um, intrinsic reality that when you live for lesser honors in life, they end up uh, hurting you. But when you live for the highest honor, the glory of God, that value in and of itself, living for that honor is, um, is a life of honor. It's an honorable life. And uh, circumstantially, God was not able to do what he wanted to do. Let me say it this way. Was it God greedily withholding honor from Eli because Eli was was bad and God was punishing him? 
or was it Eli unilaterally removing himself from the honor that God had already really conferred upon him and wanted to give him? You see, there's there's two ways to look at this. One of one of one way makes God the greedy withholder. The other way makes man um, the the, the individual choosing to, to step out of the flow of God's blessing and honor. Uh, I, I didn't mean to get down that road. I just want to articulate to you that God is leaning in towards you and his only qualification for you to receive his honor, his blessing, his favor, his salvation is ask, come to him. Jesus said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. No way. You're going to be cast away from all of my blessing and and salvation and redemption. But then that honor me will I honor. There is this principle that living for the highest honor in life is one of the most driving, most valuable, most wonderful principles to live by. Let me give you another uh, Old Testament example. Daniel was in Babylon and determined he would honor God. He determined that he would not um, dishonor God to please the king. Now, there are many things he could do to please the king that did not involve dishonoring God. <clears throat> but there came to this moment, this conscience line, where he knew, if I cross this line, I have elevated the king above God, and I will not defile myself. I will not dishonor my God. And so there's a verse in chapter 1 of verse 8 that says, um, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He made a decision, even if it costs my life, I'm going to honor my God, even if it means dishonoring the king, and I'm going to trust God with the outcomes. This is why this psalm says in verse 16, be not afraid, okay? Because we're worried about the outcomes of speaking truth and love to somebody, okay? Especially somebody that has power over or in our lives. So Daniel made a decision, I will not defile myself. The very next verse, verse 9 says, now God had brought Daniel into favor with the prince of the eunuchs. So Daniel already had favor that he didn't know about. God was already honoring Daniel. There's a, It's past tense. He had already given Daniel the honor and the favor that he needed if he made the right decision. And this is why I say God doesn't withhold as much as we remove ourselves. If Daniel had decided to dishonor God, God, he never would have come into contact and and realization that God had already given him favor. But God already had gone before Daniel. And if Daniel expresses the faith to honor God, he's going to come into the now God moment, okay, where he's going to see that God has already paved the way, softened the heart of his direct report given an alternative solution to his nutrition. Uh, And then at the end of the test, he is doing so well, he and his friends, that everybody now is put on that diet. And sometime later, I want to say it's three years, I'm thinking extemporaneously, sometime later after they've gone through their training program, when the king of of, uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, comes to evaluate uh, these new recruits that are going to be leaders in his uh, it basically, in his administration, he finds Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 10 times better than all the others who did not honor God. So their value of honoring God led them down a value path 
where not only did God provide and care and sustain them, God advanced them. God gave them all of the honors that everybody else in the group wanted. This this is so important, okay? Go after earthly honor without understanding, and you're like an animal. It's just stupid, okay? But go after the honor of God with understanding and let God honor you. Now, that's the big takeaway from this psalm, is that God loves to give us his honor. He loves for us to experience his honor. He goes before us. There's the now God moment waiting for you. But before verse 9, now God, there's but Daniel purpose. So how is God calling you to purpose in your heart to not be afraid, to do the right thing, to honor God today, and trust him to honor you?